This is a free download from the Lancey Eden Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Lancey Eden Church building at the bank in Sumpton in the Challenger Island of Council. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at thelancetewland.co.uk. Come to two scriptures. Hebrews chapter 3. Talking about revival, though, this is one of the real, I think, one of the real conditions of revival. It says, verse 7, Hebrews 3, verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of the trial. Proverbs 24, verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Just pray for your word right now, Father. We've already been stirred, and we pray, Lord, your word now will continue to move and work upon our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I want to talk about the heart. And we're going to look at a moment, and a conditional heart. I want to just, first of all, think about the heart. What is the heart? In biblical terms, it's not that kind of thing that pumps blood around your body. Okay? The heart, biblically, if you like, the, the spiritual heart is the inner man. It's who you are on the inside. Here's a bit of help. The, the Hebrew word actually is labab. I don't know if it's pronounced that way, but that's the way it's written anyway. But it means the, the, the innermost, the innermost part of your being. It's the very core of a person's body, mind, emotions, character, and spirit. Basically, your heart is who you are on the inside. It's really the inner man, who you are on the inside, your heart. It's part of everything you are. It's almost the throne where self is. The core of your whole being, the core of everything you are and all that you do. So when the Lord asks for our heart, he means... I want everything that you are, the, the core of who you are. Here in Proverbs, we're told to guard our heart. It's a picture of like a soldier guarding a city gate. He says, guard your heart. And there's reasons why we're told to guard our hearts. First thing is, it's because the affections of our heart can so easily be drawn after other things. And he says, guard your heart. Don't allow other things to, to grab your heart away from God. It also affects what comes out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, what the mouth speaks. So if I allow certain things into my life, it will affect the way that I speak. For example, if I allow fear into my life, if I don't guard my heart and fear gets in, how many have found that it affects the way you speak? You find yourself speaking fear-filled words because what's in your heart begins to come out of your mouth. For example, if I allow inferiority into my life, 
I begin to speak down on myself. I speak words that are always bringing myself down because inferiority is in my heart and because inferiority is in my heart, then it affects the way I speak. And a good way to check your heart is to check what comes out your mouth. Because what comes out of your mouth is a result of what's in your heart. So the Bible says, guard your heart. Don't allow things into your life that pollute your heart. Because what gets into our heart also affects our actions. We do things, we act in certain ways because of what's in our hearts. What's in our hearts affects the way that we act. You know, when bad attitudes and and negativity gets down into your heart, it will affect the way that you act. Because what gets in affects the way you live your life. And so as Christians, we've got to kind of constantly check our hearts. Because often we can go through the motions of things because we've allowed our hearts and wrong things to go into our hearts to begin to affect every part of our being. And so we guard our hearts. We don't allow anything in our hearts that is contrary to the Word of God. Can you say amen? Now, let me just carry on with this. The Bible speaks there are different conditions of the heart. Different conditions of the heart. And when you're dealing with the heart, really, the heart is the root. See? Your heart really is the root. And how many know that where there's a root, there will always be fruit? That's what I'm saying. If, for example, I allow, if I allow bitterness into my heart, and the Bible speaks about the, the root of bitterness. Is that right? Now, I allow that into my heart. It becomes a root in my heart. That means that root of bitterness will produce certain fruit. It will produce anger. It will produce unforgiveness. There will be a result of a root that's in your heart. And so the Bible says, don't allow things in your heart to take root. Because if certain things take root in your heart, then they will produce fruit in your life. Now the one condition of the heart that we're warned about here in Hebrews, if you want to go back to Hebrews 3, we are warned about the condition of having a hard heart. So it says, don't allow your heart to grow hard. Because if you have a hard heart, it affects everything else in your life. And that's what it says in Hebrews 3, right there. Harden not your heart. And that word harden basically means to, to dry up. It means don't allow it to become hard or stiff or stubborn. Don't allow it to become, another, another meaning means unyielded. Here's my best feeling, here's my best translation for the word hard. It means insensitive. Don't allow your heart to become insensitive. A hard heart is an insensitive heart. 
A soft heart is a sensitive heart. You see that? It also means unfeeling. Your, your heart loses the ability to feel. So it becomes insensitive. It loses feeling. It's resistant. It's stubborn. It's hard. How many say, I don't want a hard heart? Is that right? How many want a soft heart? A tender heart? A pliable heart? And so Hebrew says, as a warning, don't harden your heart. That means that could be a condition of any one of us. Any one of us could find ourselves in the condition of having a hard heart. Every one of us. Because it's a warning to Christians, don't let your heart grow hard. Don't let it become unyielded or insensitive or resistant or stubborn. Don't harden your heart. Let me think of some causes of hardened heart. Here's the first one. You find it right there in Hebrews 3. I term it this way. Look what it says in Hebrews 3, verse 13. Sorry, uh, yeah, verse 13. It says, but exhort one another. That's a good word right there, isn't it? Exhort one another daily. What is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. There's the first thing that could harden your heart. Unconfessed sin. Undealt with sin. Sin that's never been confessed. Sin that's never been brought under the blood. Never been repented of will harden your heart. You know what? You can get to the point sometimes. You can get to the point sometimes where it doesn't even bother you anymore. You no longer feel the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. Before the slightest thing, and you felt convicted about it. But the more you've not dealt with it, the more you've not confessed it, now you no longer are disturbed or convicted about that area of sin. You know what's happened? Your heart has become what? Insensitive. It's no longer sensitive. When we're in America, this is a kind of crazy illustration, but you get it as I go on. You know what it did? It rained frogs. Actually, rained frogs. Now, Caris was driving, and all these frogs were all on the road. And you hear this splashing as she went over all these frogs. Sorry for any frog lovers here tonight, this morning, but there's all these frogs all over the floor. They're absolutely all over. And it reminded me, you know, you know how they cook frogs? I only fancy frog legs for lunch. Yeah, you cook frogs. You get them, and you put them into cold water. And you slowly heat up the water, and the frog isn't aware of it because it's slowly getting warmer until it's too late. I think often as a nation, that's what happened. Things that disturbed us 10 years ago no longer bothers us anymore. We've got accustomed to it. It doesn't bother us. There's things on our television screen that 15 years ago would have shocked a generation. And now, we don't even think about it. It doesn't bother us. Our nation is becoming hard-hearted. Things are beginning to flood in that we're not even aware of. It's a slow erosion. And I think as Christians, there can be that slow erosion. Things that when we first got saved, we'd never do. Things that would, even, that would bother us greatly. But now, 
He doesn't sing quite so bad anymore. Because we have not dealt with it and acknowledged it, confessed it, the Bible says, because of undealt with sin, our heart can grow hard. Here's the next one. I think this is a big one. Offenses. Offenses can harden your heart. Jesus says, and I love what he said, he says, offenses are sure to come. That's the truth, isn't it? You're never going to live your life without at some point being offended. Is that right? I think you've only got to drown the... We've only got to drive down the road and get offended. Is that right? I've got lots of opportunity when I get in that car to be offended. And we, we, we have opportunity to be offended all the time. And Jesus says, don't take offense. Somebody or something will offend you. You're not offended about God. Sometimes God will offend the heart. Sorry, God will offend the mind to reveal the heart. Ever been offended? You know what's good to do? It's good to say, why was I offended by that situation? Why was I offended by what that person said? What offended me about it? You'll probably find out that the reason why you were offended was there was something there in your heart. And when your mind was offended, it revealed what was really going on in your heart. You know the Greek word for offense? It's the part of where you put the bait. That's what the Greek word means. It's it's the part of of a trap, if you like, of where you put the bait. Right there should be a revelation of what the devil does. Right there is a revelation. In other words, offense is a demonic bait. And when you take that bait and you get offended, it causes your heart to become resentful. And then you become bitter. And then these things begin to grab your heart. You think about it. You begin to... Constantly have your mind and heart focused on it. And your heart becomes hard. And the moment that gets in, you begin to struggle with people. You begin to distance yourself from people because you don't want to get offended. And I think a lot of people can have layer after layer after layer after layer of a, of a heart that's full of offense. And it's hardened the heart. Here's another one. Wounding. When we've been hurt, and we've been hurt deeply, and there's so many people in the day in which we live can have damaged emotions. And we go through a, a, a lot of negative things that, that can cause damage. And that's the problem. Not that we're never going to get wounded, because every one of us, at some point, somewhere, has been wounded. Is that right? It's not that you won't get wounded. It's what you do with your wound. See, you can take your wound and you can bury it, but you bury it alive. You've never dealt with it, you've never got, you've never got healed of it, but you take your wound and you bury it in your heart. And because you bury it in your heart, it's still active. It's still working. It's still doing a work of hardening the heart. And so what we've got to learn to do It's to bring all our hurts, all our pains, bring it to the cross, bring it to the blood, and say, Lord, I bring my hurt and my pain to you. And invite the Holy Spirit into those areas of wounds. I love what Psalm 147 verse 3 says. It says, he heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. Open your heart, say, Holy Spirit, come that area, that situation wounded my heart. 
Come and heal that brokenness. Come and heal that pain. I bring it to the cross. I receive the, the blood of Jesus to heal that wound in my life. It says on the cross that Jesus carried all our rejections, all our pains, all our sorrows. Is that right? And so I allow the work of the cross and I allow the Holy Spirit to take the work of the cross and to apply it to the depth of my heart. Some of the most soft-hearted people I know have been some of the most broken. Isn't that amazing? Some of the most broken people I've often met have become the most, some of the people have been the most softed, soft-hearted people. You know why that is? Because they've allowed their pain and their hearts and their wounds for God to do a work in them, and the wounding has softened the heart. Can you say amen? Here's the next thing. Disobeying the voice of God. That's what it says. It says, harden not your heart. If you hear his voice today, harden not your heart. In other words, God spoke to you about something or someone and you didn't respond to what he said. Maybe God said, go and apologize to someone. It's not always big things. It's not like go and be a missionary in, in some jungle somewhere. Sometimes it's a simple thing. Go and apologize. Go and say you're sorry. It might be go and witness to someone. It may be something that you feel convicted about and God says, deal with that particular area of your life. How many of you have had the arrow of the Lord? Oh, the arrow of the Lord, that convicting arrow that hits your heart. When you don't respond, the Bible says, your heart becomes hard. Notice it says, today, if you hear his voice. I believe God speaks every day. Do many believe that? God is continually speaking to our life. Why don't, why don't we hear his voice? Because we've not responded to what he said. And because we've not responded to what he said, we've become insensitive to hear his voice. We've allowed our heart to become close to his voice because we've not obeyed his voice when he spoke. And God says, today, if I'm speaking to you, if you're hearing my voice, respond to what I'm saying. Because the more you respond, the more tender and the more softer your heart will be. You'll begin to... Hear his voice, his voice that often is a quite still voice. Your heart becomes sensitive enough to hear what God is saying. And he's saying something to you today. Can you say amen? Isn't it great to hear the voice of God? I think it's an awesome thing. But you've got to have your heart in that right place to hear his voice. There's a good question. When was the last time you heard God's voice? When was the last time God spoke directly to you in some way? When was the last time the voice of the Lord came clearly to your heart? I believe today, if you hear his voice, he's speaking. We need the heart, the capacity of heart to hear what he's saying. Can you say amen? Here's the next thing. What's it says in Hebrews 3, verse 12? Beware, let, by the way, I'm getting to the good stuff in a minute. Uh, beware, lest there be any of an evil heart, notice this, of unbelief. An evil heart of unbelief. In other words, if we don't believe his word, we don't believe it. We don't have faith and believe that word. It will harden the heart. Look at this amazing scripture here in Mark 6. I've, I've always wondered about this scripture because I thought that's kind of a bit of a strange thing really. But in Mark 6, here are the dear disciples. 
Mark 6, verse 51. It says, For he went into the boat to them, the wind ceased, and as I say, they were greatly amazed, beyond measure, and marveled. Listen to what it says. For they had not understood about the loaves, notice this, because their heart was hardened. Think about it. They were amazed and awestruck that Jesus was walking on the water. And here's what this scripture says. It says, because they were amazed and awestruck, it was because of their hard hearts. Think about it. God does something amazing and their hearts are amazed by it, and they're amazed by it because their heart was hardened. I need to get a hold of that. In other words, because he did something supernatural, they were amazed by it. They were amazed that Jesus did something supernatural. If he'd have come over rowing a boat, you know, rowed over there, sorry guys, I'm just over in my boat, they wouldn't have been amazed. The fact they were amazed that he did something supernatural was a result of the hardness of their heart. What am I saying? I think we should always be expecting a supernatural act of Jesus. In our everyday life, we should expect the supernatural. Supernatural deliverance, supernatural healing, supernatural provision. And the reason why we don't is because we're so dominated by the natural things that we lose sight of the supernatural. And the reason why we lose sight of the supernatural, I think because our hearts are becoming sensitive to God. And so we no longer expect supernatural works of God. We try to do it in a natural way, through natural ability, through natural striving and energy. Because we've lost the ability to perceive and recognize that we worship and come before a supernatural God. In other words, the softer my heart is, the more sensitive I become to the supernatural realm. And because we don't allow the Word of God to dominate us to the, to the degree that it should, we don't put our confidence and we don't put our trust in the promises of God. We've got to have an attitude that says, Your Word, God, will not fail. Almost it says, God, that what you've said, you will do. That's the attitude of heart we've got to have. It's a great video. I think it's there at the back. It's a story of, of a woman whose husband was killed in a car crash. He was dead for three days. Dead, gone. Three days he was dead. God spoke a promise to her heart. And this was the promise. This woman received this promise. The women received their dead raised to life again. That was the promise that God gave to her. Videos right there, I think DVD is at the back. Reinhard Monkey, right at the back there. She believed that promise. She took her husband dead three days in a car crash. She took him in the coffin to the meeting. They wouldn't allow the coffin to be taken to the meeting, so, so, they, so they allowed the coffin to be put under, under, under some room under where the, where the meeting was taking place. And they began to pray. 
And that man was raised to, raised to the dead. Right there on DVD, right there, you can see this man being raised from the dead. Wow, after three days being killed in the car crash. And the thing that struck me was this. One scripture from God is sufficient for our need. Just one promise, one word from God is sufficient for your need right now. The issue is, is your heart soft enough and sensitive enough to believe that promise that God gives? Can you give amen? Now, let's look at some of the results of a hardened heart. What are the results of it? Look at Mark 3. What are the results of what happens if we allow our hearts to get hard? Here's Jesus. We don't see him often getting angry with people. But there's one instance where he did right there. And he was looking around at them with anger. Because he was grieved by the hardness of their hearts. He was grieved by the hardness of their hearts. In other words, when your heart gets hard, you lose the ability to see, to hear, or feel. You just can't see it. Those Pharisees just couldn't see it. They were blind. Jesus called them blind guys. They were blind to what he was doing in their midst. They were blind to it. And that's what hardness of heart does. It blinds you. You can't perceive things. You can't hear things. Nothing seems to grab a hold of you. You can't hear. I think thirdly, you lose your ability to feel. Your heart's not moved anymore. You don't feel any compassion in your heart. You don't feel any love for broken-hearted people. It's almost this inability to really feel what other people are going through. You can't feel people's brokenness. You, you, You don't feel any concern for the lost. No tears, no heartache, no pain for those who are hurting and breaking. You've lost your ability to feel. In fact, the word apathy, you know what the word apathy means? It means to be without feeling. Someone has called our generation the flatline generation. And they call it the flatline generation is because this generation has lost their ability to feel. Nothing moves them. Nothing touches them. Nothing moves them anymore. They can't feel in their heart. Something has happened in their heart and they can't feel anymore. Because the hearts have grown hard. Hearts grown on. The words no, no longer seems to affect you. You can't see you've got any problems in your life. You think everybody else has got the problem. You can't spiritually perceive anything. And everything you do becomes based on reason and logic. You can't spiritually perceive things. And everything you do, you've got to work it out. You've got to reason it out. No sensitivity to the presence of God anymore. We don't feel God. In fact, in the Western world, we're trained not to feel. How many love to feel the presence of God? I love to feel His love. I love to feel His joy. I love to feel His presence. That's what makes my heart feel alive, is when I feel His presence. Every time somebody encountered God in the Bible, they felt something, or something happened. 
Some would fall on the floor. Some would weep. Some would cry. Some would, some would shake. Some had just overwhelming joy. When we lose sense of his presence, everything we do then becomes mechanical. In other words, our heart's not in what we do. And it's what we're doing is almost mechanical in what we're doing. It's like a form. We don't feel anything in our hearts towards what we're doing. It's just a mechanical thing that we do. I think when it becomes mechanical, the Bible has a term for it. It's called religion. I think when, when you worship God, you worship Him out of that sense and feeling of your heart towards His presence. You pray from the heart. You worship from the heart. Everything that we do should be from the heart. When our heart's not in something, it tends not to last very long. When we do it out of human emotions or, or human energy, it doesn't last very long. But oh, when God touches the heart, when God moves the heart, nothing can stop you doing it. Is that right? Nothing in all the world can stop you doing something when God moves upon the heart, you feel his presence and you respond and you do it out of your heart condition. The heart, that God moves upon the heart. I think to do something effective for God, it's got to come from where your heart. But when the heart is hard, it becomes something outwardly mechanical. In fact, the Bible calls it a form. Something that's just structure-based. There's no spirit. There's no anointing. There's no presence. There's no power on it. Because the heart has lost that sense of presence. How many want the presence? Oh, we need the presence. We need the presence. Same, you know what Jesus said? He says, we love, you are to love the Lord your God with all your heart. He says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Watch your heart. So wherever your heart is focused on, wherever your heart is going after, whatever you term that, is the treasure. Because that's where your heart is. That's what your heart's going after. And that's what's a priority to you. And it's the heart that God wants to get a hold of. Amen? From the heart. How many this morning say, God... Keep my heart soft. Is that right? How can we do it? Very quickly. Here's the first one. Repent with all your hearts. I think the areas where you don't repent of are the areas where your heart begins to harden. And when you don't repent of it, the, the cycle of sin just becomes continually established. You know, I, you know, I, I, I kind of I like people in my office who've just come into my office and said, you know what, I've totally messed up. I've totally messed up. Would you just pray for me? You know what, I love it. Because that shows me somebody who's got a tender heart. The fact they recognize they've messed up is a good, healthy heart. Amen. I'm not saying it means we're all perfect. We are going to mess up. We are going to fail. But the point is, we recognize it. And we put it right immediately. And I love that. When I've got people, tears are coming down their eyes. And, oh, messed up. I just love it. Because I know God's working right there. Because that's a soft, tender heart. Can you say amen? That's a soft, tender heart. Here's the next one. For some of us men, this may bring tears to our eyes right now. Uh, circumcise your heart. Okay. Uh, the, uh, 
Uh, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 10. Verse 16. It says, Therefore circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no longer. Circumcision in the Old Testament, as we know, remove the skin. In the New Testament, we're told, it's the circumcision of the heart. In other words, where our heart has become hardened by wounds and offenses and difficult circumstances, just the stuff that life throws at you. Is that right? You know what happened? God comes and he begins to cut away those things in our hearts that have hardened our hearts. You know what Jesus says? He says, my father's a gardener. And he prunes and cuts away branches that don't bear any fruit. He cuts them down. He prunes them down. And I believe God has an amazing ability to get a hold of your heart and begin to cut away those areas that have been hurt, those areas that have been offended, those areas where, where a hardness has come in. And God begins to take a knife and he begins to cut that away. You know what? You've got to expose your heart to him. You've got to say, Lord, that part of my heart has been wounded. That part of my heart has been offended. And as you expose your heart to God, God begins to come and cut those things from our hearts where we, we, we just recognize our need. He takes that knife and he cuts away that resentment. He cuts away that pain from childhood. He cuts away those offenses. He cuts those things away so your heart can become sensitive again to his presence. And you begin to feel again compassion and love begins to rise up in your heart again. And here's the great thing. You have a greater capacity to receive from God. You'll never really receive from God as long as the heart is hardened. But when God cuts that, those, that stuff out of your heart, you have an ability, a greater ability, and a greater capacity to receive from God. And here's the next thing. I love this one. You regain your innocence again. Your childlikeness. You begin to believe again. You begin to believe just because God said it. Your childlike faith returns. No more logical reasoning out. You just simply return to innocence and you return to childlike faith again. Amen? That's why Paul says, don't leave. Don't lose, your, your, don't lose that childlike faith. Here's the next thing, very quickly. Change the theme of your heart. Psalm 16. Verse, verse 7. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. Isn't that lovely? Someone has said that adversity... It's in adversity that a man is introduced to himself. What I'm saying, if your heart only knows panic, insecurity, or rejection, then that's the instruction that will, that, that will be given to your heart. That when a problem comes, that's the instruction that your heart received. In other words, your reaction is really based on what's in your heart. And, and your reaction is a great revealer of what your heart is set on. Out of a heart of faith comes faith. Out of an overcoming spirit comes the ability to overcome. Someone who has a negative heart, that's what they will bring forth. 
What you're full of is what comes out of you when life squeezes you. Is that right? It's when the pressure comes. It's when the difficulty comes. What's inside your heart mm, is just squeezed out. How many have found that? That's why it says in Ephesians, Paul told the Ephesians, be filled with all the fullness of God. Isn't that fantastic? Why does he say that? Because he goes on to say, when you're filled with all the fullness of God, it enables you to do exceedingly above all we ask or think. And he says it's according to the power that's at work in us. In other words, what the heart is full of determines the power that's at work in you. If I'm full of doubt, that's the power that's at work in me. If I'm full of negativity, that's the power that's at work in me. If I'm full of hurt and anger and bitterness, that's the power that influences the heart, that influences your life, and guides you to do certain things. But imagine if you're full of God. Imagine if you're full of Him. Paul says, when you're full of Him, that means you live a life that's exceedingly full of abundance. That's the result of having your heart filled with all the fullness of God. Filled with the Word of God. In other words, if I'm going to change my heart, I've got to allow my mind and my meditation to meditate and think on the Word of God. See, if maybe you're struggling with fear, what you ought to do, find scriptures on fear and begin to meditate and think on them. Fill your heart with the Word of God. Put it on your fridges. Wherever you go, just put that word there. And meditate and think on it because your heart becomes full of that. And as your heart becomes full of that, it just changes everything about your heart. As a man thinketh, so he is. So if I want a a healthy heart, a sensitive heart, I've got to make sure I'm full of the right stuff. Can you say amen? Filled. With all the fullness of God. Can you say amen? And here's the last thing. Sorry to use this word. This is going to frighten us, this last word. Exercise. <laughs> you know, if you've got a, an unhealthy heart, one thing they say to you is exercise. They won't tell you to exercise you know, when you've got a healthy heart. They tell you to exercise when you've got an unhealthy heart. Because exercise will help the heart to grow healthy. What am I saying? I'm saying, God, I really want a generous heart. Here comes God saying, well, let's do a bit of exercise to give you a generous heart. Start giving. And as you start giving, you know what you're going to have? You're going to have a generous heart. Because you are exercising. And the more you exercise it, the more generous your heart will be. How many would want a forgiving heart? A heart that just forgives so easily. And how do you do that? Start forgiving. <laughs> Just practice forgiving. And the more you practice it, the better it you'll be. How many want a, a heart that's just, that's, that's not bound by, by sin, really? Start practicing confessing. I'm saying the more you do what this Bible says, the softer your heart will get. You exercise, you do it. Do what God says. So tell you to get a hard heart, really, is to neglect. Don't do anything. 
Don't spend time in the Word. Don't spend time in God's presence. Just neglect your heart. And your heart will just naturally get hard. But start exercising it. Start reading the Word. Start confessing the Word. Start spending time in God's presence. Start worshipping Him. Start praising Him. And when you keep doing that regularly, day in, day out, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, your heart will become soft, your heart will become tender, and God will begin to do a massive, awesome work in your heart. And I found this. God will so cut things from your heart, you think, wow, I can't believe how different I am. Isn't it amazing? You see, if I've got rejection deep in the core of my heart, it affects the way I relate to people. It affects the way I relate to God. It affects everything about me. Suddenly, when that's cut away from my heart, I'll be amazed how different I am. I suddenly find myself trusting people. I suddenly find myself with an ability to get close to people. I can make better friendships. I don't keep at distance anymore. I can, I can be more loving to people. I can be more gracious to people. I begin to worship God in greater and deeper ways. What's changed? Something happened in my heart. And because something happened in my heart, it changed everything about me. God got to the root. He cut the root out. And when the root went, so did the fruit as well. Amen? And suddenly now your heart's freer. Suddenly there's a, a greater ability in you to be the person you know God meant you to be. Isn't that amazing? Because God has done surgery on the heart and you have changed as a result of the surgery of the living God on the heart. God just loves to take the heart. Oh, just, and begins to work on it. and you know, A bit of, bit of surgery there and a bit of work there. So the heart becomes strong and powerful and functions the way that he meant it to function. Let's just come before him right now. I say, God, I need major spiritual surgery on my heart. Cut away those things in me today. Give me a soft, tender heart, a sensitive heart. Sensitive to your voice, sensitive to your presence, sensitive to feel your heart. Oh, the heart. I want to say heart transplant. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's let the Spirit of the Lord right now in these moments come. Most of your heart says, God, I just I felt so far from your presence. And I long to feel your presence again. I long to feel the peace and the joy and the love of your presence again. David said, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Take not your presence away. Don't let me ever lose sight of your presence. Don't let me ever lose that feeling, that sense. Consciousness of your presence being with me. Just reach out to the Lord in these moments in your heart. Just reach out to Him. Say, Lord, I need your presence. I need your presence so much. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
Father, we just come this morning and we're all so in need of your touch, of your hand upon our hearts. Lord, we, we come before you today and we say, God, we, wanna, we want hearts that are soft, hearts that are tender, hearts that feel your compassion, that feel your love and your joy. Lord God, do that work in our hearts today, we pray. Lord, your word says, harden not your heart today as we hear your voice. And Lord, we just say, just speak to our hearts, speak to our lives today, Lord. Come and do your work in every heart today. We just want you so much, Lord. We want your presence on you. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Eden Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelan.co.uk.